Morning, everybody. Will you please pray with me? Father God, I would uh, like to pray for this morning that uh, such a beautiful morning you bless us with. I'd like to pray for the words that come out of my mouth that uh, they can bless everyone here, whether for me or in spite of me, that these people can be blessed by what I say today. I pray for the following of the service and then people preaching after me. And I just pray in Jesus' name, amen. Well, I'd just like to thank Olivia this morning because she, without us even talking, she set me up perfect. We, as a American people, are busy. If anyone in here tells me they're not busy, they are lying or they just really don't do anything. I, I don't know. <laughs> um, I've always grown up in the church and uh, from day one, I've always felt like I'm really busy, like, God, you blessed me with being busy. Thank you. And um, I, uh, when I was in ninth grade or seventh grade, I mean, I joined the praise band, all that stuff, and I've always loved to speak, so I've always been busy. I was homeschooled by my mom, and uh, she uh, got used to the fact that I had a way of controlled chaos, I called it, where I would always procrastinate, and things would get done, though, like last second, and it was controlled chaos. And uh, I got that controlled chaos, gave me a kind of weird sense of time management. And uh, that later on helped me when I got into bass fishing. If you don't know me, my life, other than God, realistically is bass fishing. I'm bass fishing realistically almost every single day of the summer. But... Um, the thing is, is I, uh, I was raised in a grace-based household, and my neighbors tell me I'm very lucky of that. Um, but my dad uh, has raised me with uh, five Fs, and I always add a six. But uh, five Fs, faith, family, friends, finances, fitness, my six is fishing. But um, the thing is, is uh, as a Christian, uh, you have to have priorities like that. You have to have them straight. And uh, girls generally have them straight. I don't really worry about them. They have their agendas and stuff. And I don't have ever run into a girl that is just chaos. I've never really seen that. But guys, we get distracted because we have our priorities. But then we have, um, I picked on Marty Crandall earlier. Uh, um, I said we have things like golf and fishing and football on Sundays, and we get distracted pretty easily. And it's pretty easy not to want to go to church on Sundays because, um, like I said, it's a beautiful day out, and Marty, I could look at him, he wanted to go golfing. I could tell. And, uh, and realistically, I know I have friends out there crappie fishing today. So, um, but anyways, we have to have priorities, but there's a, there is a, there's a time for everything. And it says... In Ecclesiastes uh, 3.1, it says, There's a time for everything and a season for every activity under heaven. And our time on Sunday mornings is to spend in church. We're to be here. We're not to be distracted. We're to be with God and, as Olivia put it, meet with the king. Um, my next verse I uh, found was interesting that actually... I've always had this verse in the back of my head for most of my life, but I was reminded of it on my way down the spring break where it said on the back of a semi, Matthew 6.33. Yeah, a pretty interesting way to get reminded of verse. 
And uh, in Matthew 6.33, if I can get to it, it says, but first, seek, but first seek his kingdom and his righteousness, and all these things will be given to you as well. Well, I, like I was saying, with guys, we have a controlled chaos a lot of times. And um, a lot of times, God has to slap us in the face and remind us, you have to first have your priorities first. God's 100%, and you have to first seek the kingdom of God. And uh, so God decided to slap me in the face this past summer. And um, I had a uh, situation in late June where there was praise on the lake. Our church throws praise on the lake every year, three, three times a summer, on the floating stage. But I also had a tournament to go to. And I fought with myself so hard. I go, it's an hour, hour and a half, plus run time up and down the lake. And gas, gas is expensive in my boat. You go through it like nothing. And uh, I, I got to make the decision. I got to make a decision. And I rolled in this decision for probably a day or day and a half. And finally I go, God is number one. God is number one in my life. He's the first priority. Faith, family, friends, and the rest. I don't want to go over that again. <laughs> uh, and so I decided to do that. Well, I get up in the morning. It's a bright, beautiful morning. I go out. I'm not doing very well. I didn't catch that many fish. And... Uh, I uh, finally, I'm going, I'm going, maybe I should skip prayers and like, I, I got to do it. I got to do it. I got to catch some fish. I got to do well in this tournament. And God's just pulling on my heartstrings. He's pulling on my heartstrings. And then finally, I remembered this verse that has also been in my heart for a pretty long time. And it's Isaiah 30, 18. And it says, yet the Lord longs to be gracious to you. He rises to show you compassion. For the Lord is God of justice. Blessed are all those who wait for him. And I remembered that verse, but I, but I thought, God, I'm waiting. Where's the fish? I'm waiting. And, uh, but uh, anyways, I went to praise on the lake. And I knew in Bemis Bay, though, there's some good bass there. And I'm thinking, maybe I should fish while praising the lake. No, that's a bad idea. Don't, don't do that. God is number one. God's number one. And you got to give him 100%. 100%. So I'm going, can't fish during praise on the lake. I gotta go to prison lake. I'm gonna go, I, so I go to prison lake. Great service. Everything's going well. I fish for the next three hours. I get to the point where I have still only two fish in my boat, and you have to have you're supposed to have five by the end of the day. And I have an hour and a half left. And I happen to go to uh, um, a uh, graduation party the night before, and Mr. Washer <laughs> reminded me of something. And but this pops into my head, and I run to this spot, and God blessed me. I pulled into this spot, and I. Oh, I just, it's so good. And I pulled in, I got seventh place, and it was the best finish I had the whole summer. So that was God slapping me in the face, because that's what it takes sometimes. <laughs> slapping me in the face to remind me God's number one. And, uh, but thinking of being blessed, uh, uh, my best friend Ryan is speaking next, and he was in an accident, and uh, he was quite blessed, and I think he's going to come up and speak to me now. Morning, everybody. Um, first, I just want to start off in saying thank you to all of the leaders that help with our youth group, the Hatches, all the volunteers. 
and everybody. And I, I really want to just shout out to Steve because um, he just jumped in in the middle of this year and he's done a great job for the 30-hour famine, Youth Sunday, and with youth groups. So let's just give him a hand right now. Um, like Trevor said, um, we've grown up in the church together, but this past year I had a pretty bad accident that really tested my faith. Um, I was on a family ski trip in Utah with my grandparents that we do every year for Thanksgiving, and um, I broke my back in a bad skiing accident and um, was out there in the hospital for a few months. And um, when I first got into the hospital, um, you know, I, I could move my legs and everything, and I, I didn't think that it was that bad of an injury. And the doctors came in and said, uh, you know, your, your, your spine exploded. You know, you can't move, right? I'm like, no, I can, I can move my legs. You know, I'm laying there in the bed, and I lifted my foot, and they're like, seriously? That's amazing. <laughs> and... um from then I, I knew that God was going to be there to protect me and keep me safe. And um, when I was first in the hospital, I remembered one of my favorite verses that's um, in Romans eight eighteen that says, I consider that our present sufferings are not worth comparing for the glory that will be revealed in us. And, um, you know, it, it wasn't the worst thing that's ever happened to anybody, but I knew that God was going to take care of me and present something to his glory through what happened. Um, so once I got out of the hospital, I started a big rehabilitation process and um, working out, doing therapy. And um, I, I remember this one thing that my dad told me. He talked with this lady in our community that was 93 um, at the time, and she had had 14 kids. And he said, how, how, do you, how do you do it? How do you keep going? And she said, David, stop doing and you're done. <laughs> and that kind of inspired me to just keep going. You have to keep working really hard. And, um, you know, through that, I've been working pretty hard on rehabilitation and um, praying a lot. And like Trevor said, when, you know, when you give God thanks and when you bless God, he um, will bless you abundantly. And um, I have another verse from Ephesians one uh, eleven. In him we were also chosen, having been predestined according to the plan in him who works out everything in conformity with the purpose of his will. And I know that God wasn't the reason that I broke my back, but I know that he was there protecting me through the entire thing and um, that I could rely on him through the whole thing. So thank you. Hey, I just want to interrupt just a minute. Um, stay here. I have another guest to come out, Miss Lizzie. Um, we want to personally thank each and every one of you for your prayers. He's very humble about this, and so is this young lady here. It's been a rough year for our youth. Um, they're, they're very quiet about what they really went through, but both of these kids know what the ICU stands for on a real upfront and personal level. And um, texting is wonderful. What a way to communicate and send prayers. And, and um, Ryan's skiing accident, 
I thank I talked more to God that next two months than I ever have, and I'm not kidding. And then Lizzie wanted to be a part of it. <laughs> she had a horrendous snowmobile accident. This is, uh, say your name. Hi, I'm Lizzie. I just want to thank you all for your prayers and especially the Boughton family because Mrs. Boughton tutored me for the month I was out of school and especially the church and everybody that's a part of it. They they stood up and took a big part in that. And, and they, you know, these kids, they literally took it from a hospital bed to a wheelchair Lizzie, different youth brought Lizzie in a wheelchair to youth. She wouldn't stop coming. We asked her to stop coming. (laughs) She's on our tech team. Ryan has served on Tuesday nights in the, well, we call it the Ryan Bounton Band, just to tick off Trevor. (laughs) But but he has served with the junior high leading worship. They have literally gone from a wheelchair to a cane, to walking, and I want you all to take the opportunity to stand and give them a round of applause. Yeah. How did I end this? Oh, I introduced the skit. Okay, you're good. And now, without further ado, we are going to have the skit. And they, it's, it's a good one. nine through twelve says um, as it is written none is righteous no not one no one understands no one seeks for God all have turned aside together they have become worthless no one does good not even one Some lying, some stealing, and a few acts of kindness here and there. Well, I tried to live a good life. Let's see how good. (laughs) Next. File, please. Okay, so I admit it, I did a lot of bad things. But I did a lot of good things, too, you know, offset the bad things. Like, I cheated on that one test, but then I cleaned up trash in the park. That should balance out, right? Let's find out. (laughs) Next. File, please. Impressive. I devoted my entire life to God. I went to youth group. I even went on a mission trip. Oh, and I do community service every week. I see. And did you send these text messages? Well, yeah, but I do community service every week. Every week. (sighs) Next. 
mix up bribes? No. 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 Really? Take her away. Romans 10 verses 9 through 10 says, Because if you believe with your heart that Jesus is Lord and confess with your mouth that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. For with the heart one believes and is justified, and with the mouth one confesses and is saved. Can we give one more round of applause to everyone that's led worship to our, our drama team this morning? And uh, I want to also say thank you to all the adult leaders and for the Hatches um, who have helped make this a, a very wonderful morning. Well, what is success for you and your students? What is it that you hope that they achieve. Maybe it's a high school diploma. Maybe it's a college degree after that. Maybe it's a certain level of success as far as um, the type of career they have or maybe the type of, of uh, home that they end up in. What are those things that we determine as successful? And the, the world has a lot of those thoughts and images and, and things that we talk about being success, or to sort of show what success is. I heard a great uh, quote on success, that it's the progressive realization of a worthwhile dream. And so what is that worthwhile dream that you might be pursuing? And it's a good question as a youth ministry. What is, it the, what is that worthwhile dream for our young people? Last Sunday, we had a great time to, to celebrate Easter, to celebrate the resurrection of Jesus. And it was a great time to be here. This, this place was packed. And it was great worship. Uh, but shortly after uh, the first uh, Easter morning, Jesus spent some of this time with the disciples and spent several days and appeared to over 500 people. But just before he ascended back into heaven... He gave the disciples this mandate to go into all the world and to make disciples. And to me, that is what true success is about. Following that mandate of God. And I can't think of a more worthwhile dream than to be part of that kingdom building process. To be 
part of the one, one of the ones that is, uh, is following, that's disciplined, that's obedient with that mandate. Well, I'm excited to be here this morning. I'm excited to, to have an opportunity to share a little bit uh, of my story and a little bit of myself, and you guys can maybe, uh, you know, get a, a more of a feel of who I am. But I'm most excited about being able to communicate the vision that we have for winning, building, and equipping young people here at Bemis Point United Methodist Church. And I believe it's imperative for us as a church to continue to be uh, diligent, to continue uh, to make that investment into our youth that God was had, would have us make. Well, to give you a little bit about my background, my story, I grew up in western New York. I grew up in a small town called Barker, uh, just about a, a mile off Lake Ontario. I uh, grew up on a dairy farm and um, did cross-country and track there. And, and so coming out of school, um, you know, there's those questions. What am I going to do with my life? What, what am I going to be? Uh, what am I going to do to be a success? And I always enjoyed uh, things that were electronic, taking apart, you know, uh, radios and electronics and making them more powerful or whatever, louder. And uh, I enjoyed that. So I'm like, well, I guess I'll be an engineer. Electrical engineers should make a decent living. Um, they should be able to support our family. I thought, okay, that's my path to success. So uh, I was at Alfred State taking electrical engineering. I was on a partial scholarship for cross-country, indoor, outdoor track. And uh, so I was doing that thing. And um, I thought that maybe that was, the, you know, what I was going to do with my life. And uh, my second, and it was going good. The first year went, went well. Um, and then the second year, I'm getting into more of the circuit, math, and theory, and all that kind of stuff. I'm like, hmm, do I really want to be in a cubicle, you know, figuring circuits and figuring math to make this thing work? And I'm like, I'm not so sure. And uh, so I went home on break, and uh, there was a, a group of core guys that, that we hung out and were good friends. And so over Christmas break, um, our, our youth pastor at the time, his name was Rick, and he really challenged this group of guys to go and read, make a commitment to read through the Bible in a year. He's like, you guys really need to do this. It really change your life. And, and so we sort of reluctantly uh, took up that challenge. And so uh, fast forward a little bit, a few weeks uh, after that, I'm in my dorm room. I'm plugging through uh, Scripture. You know, it's usually about three, four chapters in the Old Testament, a few uh, in the Wisdom Scripture, and, and one uh, in the New Testament, something like that. So I am plugging away, and I get to Exodus. And in that passage is Moses' uh, call. And I, God just spoke to me so powerfully through that passage where he's telling Moses, Who made man's mouth? Who made the blind and the seeing, the mute and the deaf? Who made man's mouth? Now go, I will give you the words to say. And that struck me so powerfully because that was one of my uh, reservations. It's like I wasn't an upfront person. I wasn't the guy that wanted to be talking in a room. And, and that really sort of cut against the grain. I'd much rather be in the back just looking, you know, just observing everybody. But God said to me, and I spoke loudly in my heart, Steve, I'm calling you out of this, and specifically to youth ministry. 
A couple years ago, uh, Steph and I were in between ministries, and, and again, we're, you guys are, have been kind. A lot of people call us young and, and all that. We're not so young. Um, this May 28th, we'll be ce- celebrating our 20th anniversary, so we're excited about that. And uh, I love my wife very much. Um, and she's put up with me for 20 years now, 20 plus. Um, but one of the things, sort of in that transitional time, and we hit the 40s, and we're like, is this still our call? We're in this, this gap in ministry. Is, is there something different? Is God taking us to something else? And so it gave us a time for some prayer and to really evaluate. And, um, you know, we don't know all what, what doors uh, and things, you know, this, how it's all going to play out from here until we are old, real old. But... Uh, we, we really hammered this out, and I think it was beneficial to us. We hammered out a life statement, and it's this, that we would positively impact, now I've lost my place, <laughs> positively, uh, positively impact the emerging generation for Jesus Christ, leading and serving them in their journey to find spiritual, marital, financial, and personal success. And so, what is it that... I can say we were successful as a ministry with those students. We did the investment. We did the praying. We did the teaching. We did what we could to help them be successful in life. Because I think that's a good question for a ministry to ask. I'd like to use the the idea of going on a a, a wilderness adventure uh, as I describe youth ministry in the process so if you think about going on a wilderness adventure, you're going to be out in nature. And I'm talking not, not just on a hike, but I'm talking about, you know, a real hike. And Pastor Bill has, has talked about uh, hiking the Appalachian Trail, which is over 2,200 miles. And so in that, a hike like that, you had better have some gear. You better have some know-how. Um, in 2,200 miles, I hope you know where you're at. And I hope you have a good map to help you get where you want to go. And that's really uh, the starting place in, in ministry when, when I see working with kids of, okay, where are you at without Christ? Where are you at? Because we want to begin with the end in mind. Where is it we're headed with a student? So, so the first place, where are they at? If they're not in a relationship with Jesus Christ, they're separated. They're lost. They need to first enter into a relationship with Jesus by faith that they would have forgiveness and eternal life. So we want to communicate that properly. And then second, that they would have that map, that they would have uh, the God's word that's instructing them and helping them along the way. And we're going to get into that in a moment. But our scripture for today is out of Ephesians chapter 5. Ephesians chapter 5, uh, starting in verse 21 and I need to uh, run through this quite quickly. So Ephesians chapter 5, verse 21. Submit to one another out of reverence for Christ. Husbands, submit to your husbands as to the Lord. For the husband is head of the wife, as Christ is the head of the church, his body of which he is the Savior. Now as the church submits to Christ, so also wives should submit to their husbands in everything. Husbands, love your wives, just as Christ loved the church, and gave himself up for her to make her holy, cleansing her by the washing with water 
through the word, and to present her to himself as a radiant church without stain or wrinkle or any other blemish, but holy and blameless. That song that the the band sung this morning um, speaks of that beautifully. In the same way, husbands ought to love their wives as their own bodies. He who loves his wife loves himself. After all, no one ever hated his own body, but he feeds and cares for it, just as Christ does the church. For we are members of his body. For this reason, a man will leave his father and mother and be united with his wife, and the two shall become one flesh. This is a profound mystery, but I am talking about Christ and the church. However, each one of you also must love his wife as he loves himself, and the wife must love must respect her husband. All right, children, teenagers. Children, obey your parents in the Lord, for this is right. Honor your father and mother, which is the first commandment with a promise, that it may go well with you and you may enjoy long life on the earth. Fathers, do not exasperate your children. Instead, bring them up in the training and instruction of the Lord. The end of that passage talks about some of that endgame thought. What... What is it that we're doing to bring up young people? What is it to, to bring up children in the Lord? Well, teenagers, how many of you have been pestered before by your parents to get your homework done and work on that project, get that book report done? And you might think that the whole intention is for your parents to just uh, torture you with that stuff. But do they just love it? Here, here's some more work, here's some more homework, and then the parents get to, come on, get it done. They're not trying to torture you. They're hoping that that'll help you pass that grade so you make it to the next grade. And they're hoping that it'll help you get a diploma. And they're hoping that will help you, you know, get into a, a career or get you into college they're thinking endgame. They're thinking, how do I get this teenage young person, how do I get their hind end out the door? So they're thinking endgame. How do we do this? How do we make a self-sufficient young adult? And I know a lot of parents are still trying to figure that out, even though the kids graduated and out of the house. It's all right. They'll get there. But what is that success? What is that realization of a worthwhile dream? What's the end game with young people in our ministry? Well, I have six points um, that we will strive for as a youth ministry to see uh, students walk out of, uh, of uh, the, our youth ministry when they graduate out and go on to other things. But number one, that they would know Jesus as their personal Savior, that they would have a consistent prayer and devotional life, that they would have gained a desire to know and grow closer to God on their own, that they would be able to worship in spirit and in truth, that they would have an ability to effectively communicate the gospel message of love and truth to others, and then six, that they would have a firm foundation in God's word, that they would continue grounded in their faith the rest of their life. So on the contrary, some may hold... uh, Youth ministry is not an activity, it's not a club, it's not a babysitting service. We're not just there to have fun and do activities. We're a ministry that is active and actively pursuing God's call to help disciple students. In fact, I would like to propose that the youth ministry should exist to make disciples who make disciples who make disciples. To take that mandate in Matthew 28, known as the Great Commission, 
and to put it into action. Now, uh, you might think about that Appalachian Trail and, and Pastor Bill hiking that 2,200 miles. I like more active adrenaline type of thing. So if I'm going to be on a long trail, I want to be on a Kawasaki Brute Force 750, like just hammering the trails, um, rocketing down them. Uh, I want that 2,200-mile uh, trek to take about four days. So um, to me, that would be fun. And the same's true if I'm going to be... Uh, you know, in a boat, I don't want to just be paddling a slow c- canoe across a tranquil lake or down just a slow river. I want to be shooting, you know, down class three, four, five rapids. That's more my style. That's more the adrenaline uh, junkie that I am. I'd, I'd much rather be doing that. So one of the things that I love to do with students is to take them whitewater rafting. And now whitewater rafting can be a lot like the teenage years. There's, there's a lot of fun and adventure and adrenaline and a great time to be had during the teenage years, but there are a lot of dangers as well. There's sinkholes, um, there's obstacles, there's rocks. Uh, you know, the potential to get beat up and hurt is there, and the potential is also there even to the point of potential death, of drowning in the river. So while it can be fun and great, there's also danger. And the same's true in a teenage life. One of the years we went, um, uh, we were out in, in Ohio ministering, and uh, there was a, a great kid. His name was Stephen. Had a great name, um, but uh, Stephen and I were like two peas in a pod. Uh, we loved all things mechanical, motorcycles, ATVs, dirt bikes. We loved playing paintball together. We just had a great time over the years. So we went uh, whitewater rafting on the Yakagini River, uh, the lower part, which is, I wouldn't even do the middle, that you could do that in a tube. That's too boring. Um, so Steve and I are in the back of the boat. I'm on the left. He's on the right. And so we're coming into the main hydraulic, the main obstacle in Ohio Piles uh, lower uh, Yakagini River called Dimple Rock. And this thing is like the size of a mini school bus. All the water sort of funnels down and it goes through and hits this rock and takes a sharp right turn. And you have to get your boat through there properly. Anyone do the lower yacht before? A few in here? All right, so you probably recognize Dimple Rock. So you, you have to get through there properly. And if you don't, the river tends to throw you right up against Dimple Rock and you go in the water very quickly. Because it's counterintuitive. They'll, they'll tell you if you're coming into a rock, what you want to do is... I'll yell rock and jump towards the rock, which is exactly, you, you think, oh no, I want to get away from that rock. Well, that puts you right in the water. Watch this. All right, so that exact thing happened to us. So Stephen's to my right, and we go sideways. And just like anyone would do when you're falling, you put your arms out. Well, I just pushed my arms out right into Steve, shoved him about six feet down in the river. And uh, he almost died that day, according to uh, him. I made sure he came up. That was all right. But, well, I grew up a Baptist, so I wanted to make sure the the job was done. That's just a joke. But, uh, so anyway, uh, 
one year we went and it rained for several days. And if I remember correctly, it was six feet above flood stage. And they almost closed the river down to everybody. But they uh, allowed us to go, but we had to go on a guided tour. So we had a guide in the raft. The awesome thing about having a guide in the raft is they're there to make sure you have a great time going down the river without getting in a sinkhole, without getting flipped, without getting bruised and battered. That is essentially the same as a guide here with our youth. Our adult leaders are to come along students in a raft and say, jump in this raft with Jesus. Let me help you navigate down this river unscathed. We're going to have a great time doing it. We're going to have a lot of fun. But you know what? I went that way before and I flipped. And I went over there and I got some beat up knees and bones and you don't want to go there. And that's essentially the idea when we look at our leadership, being guides for students. Guys, there's a lot of students, hundreds of students, in a 10, 15-minute radius of this church. And they're going down this river, and they're getting beat up. They're getting sucked into things of the enemy. And they might be on their last breath or two, and they are looking for hope. And what I have found is youth ministries will continue to grow as long as there's enough adults to sustain the growth. Meaning, our adult leaders can only effectively disciple about six students, maybe eight if they're really, really good. And we can look out and complain about where our nation is headed and where our youth are at and what they're involved in and what they're doing. But Will we follow the call to jump in a raft and pluck students out of that raging river? And that is really the heart of my message, the heart of my request today. Two requests as I need to end here. Number one, would you be a prayer warrior for us? Would you pray diligently? Now, I'm not talking to take this lightly. I'm talking about someone that is going to get on their knees and say, I will commit to praying regularly for the students, for the adult leaders, for myself, for my wife, that we're talking spiritual warfare stuff, that we would tear down the strongholds of the enemy, that we would be about plucking students out of the dangers of life and helping them jump into a raft of faith. Would you help us first with prayer? Because we're going to have a, a movement of students Movements of God always are rooted in prayer. Would you be willing to sign that prayer warrior sheet that you'd commit to being a prayer warrior for us? And there's a place there for email. The reason why is like, I would like to communicate with you uh, upcoming events. I would like to communicate with you needs um, of prayer. And so if you would be willing to be a prayer warrior, I'd love to have you um, just communicate that to me. And then the second is, we need to expand. We need to, to have more bolts, boats ready to bring students in the ministry. And that's going to come by developing and expanding our leadership team. Now, I realize not everyone's called in here to do that. But would you be willing to say, I'll prayerfully consider it. Would you be willing to say, I I'll take a few minutes and, and maybe over coffee, uh, talk with, with Steve about 
what it is, what the needs are. And maybe if there's a way I can help out every once in a while. Maybe there's a way that, that I'm being called to help every week. And maybe it'll be clear that, that um, that's not your area. God's got something else for you. But would you be willing to, to sign that response and say, I'd be at least willing to pray about it, and I'd be willing to, to have a conversation with you, Steve, and, and see if, if God might be asking me to help be a part of, of rescuing students. Well, I am out of time. I need to get across the way. Uh, so if we could have a student or two um, collect uh, those responses at the end, that would be great. Let me close in prayer. Heavenly Father, we thank you so much for this church. You have blessed this church in so many ways, and I am so uh, humbled and privileged to be here. God, I, I look forward to many, many years of, of great ministry. Lord, we look for revival and, and um, just the expansion of this youth ministry. God, we want to see more teens following you in a, in a passionate way. God, help us as a church to be diligent. And whether it's prayer, uh, whether it's helping uh, lead students, or whether it's just inviting neighbors and friends to come to the ministry, we all share in what you've called us to do as a church body. We all need to be found faithful. Lord God, so I just ask that in the next uh, several weeks and months, um, Lord, that you would really help us uh, come together uh, as a year leadership team, that we would be ready to, to go after students this fall. And God, we pray your, your power and your authority and your favor as we seek to be obedient. We ask it in Jesus' name.